when conversations about love and sex arise, sometimes people only hit the surface. With us, we're going to dive deeper. I'm Anthony Brinson. I'm Elle Fromm. And, and this, this is, is the, the Going, going deeper, deeper Podcast. That definitely was the first take. Anyways. Was, yeah, no, it was definitely the first take. <laughs> Hopefully you guys have stayed with us through the journey. This is episode four, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, sir. Episode four. We're very excited. Part two of the polyamorous relationship series. Yeah. See, when I came up with it, I called it just the polyamorous relationship series. But the more research I do, the more I realize how con- how confusing all of this terminology is. Yeah. Like, to reference last episode with me just being, like, more quiet, I'm sitting there, like, so much information coming on. And it I didn't was- even... I didn't even know all of that, and apparently you got more. Uh, yeah, I thought we had. I thought we had. We were over the hump because we talked about the difference between polygamy and po- polyamory, and then we talked about polygamy, polyandry, bigamy. It was just. It was, it was a lot coming at us, but and I thought we were over the hump. Truly, I did, but we are not. It turns out there's more. So the term that I found most in clinical like journals and that most people seem to use is CNM, which is for consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple different like ways to do that. So we might say polyamory, we might say consensual non-monogamy, um, but they are different. So there's, okay, there's like open relationships. This is a quote from, we talked about this last episode, but s- sometimes citing a source can be difficult in a podcast format. So this is from a journal that is titled It is titled Identifying Context-Related Sociocultural Predictors of Negative Attitudes Toward Polyamory. Right? I know. I know. I know, guys. Um, so the quote is that um, Barker, that's a, some, a study from, that's a person who published something in 2005, defined polyamory as relationship orientation grounded on a set of notions according to which it is acceptable to sustain multiple intimate and sexual relationships with many people. Mm. And then another journal I found, I only have two sources this time, guys, um, is called Desire, Familiarity, and Engagement in Polyamory Results from a National Sample of Single Adults in the United States. And that one said, uh, that one, the quote from that is, common forms of consensual non-monogamy include open relationships, swinging relationships, and polyamorous relationships. So, like I said, there's a lot of vocab going on because there's social and sexual non-monogamy. So, there, you could be with somebody and um, it could be you're, you're, they're the only person that you're romantically with, but you have other sexual partners. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not great. It, like, it's not fair to say that there are no strings attached because sometimes you could be friends with these people, but you don't fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. And then other times you could be... Uh, like romantically dating lots of people but only having sex or sexual relations of any kind with one person and then sometimes all the parties involved date one another and sometimes they don't sometimes it's like like an open relationship usually involves two people who are together and then they date other people separately mm-hmm. so they don't interact with the other person's partners, or if they do, it's very minimal. Whereas sometimes, like if you've ever heard of the term thruple, that's usually three people who are all dating each other. Mm-hmm. So in terms of terminology, we want to clarify, it is not cheating. We are not talking about cheating because cheating is a betrayal of trust. Cheating is when you agree to be monogamous with one person and then you break their trust and either have romantic or sexual relations with somebody else mm-hmm. without their knowledge and without their consent. So that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about just 
relationships outside of monogamy and what they can look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if um, I want to go like off the agenda, off schedule, but we're probably we're obviously going to talk a bit about my own experience with being in a polyamorous relationship and with you mentioning the Oprah relationship thing, it reminded both of us or it popped in both of our heads to talk about like Jada and Will, their -hmm. situation that's going on because Elle was mentioning how some people are like kind of pick and choosing what to be upset about or what to point out and then in other aspects, one of the people is just talking too much. (laughs) But um, yeah, where should we start first? Yeah, we're going to get into Anthony's experience and to Will and Jada later because I think they're a very visible representation mm-hmm. of an open relationship, but they don't speak for all people. Definitely not. And also, no matter how much somebody shares with the public, with the internet, we still, we don't know these people. Yeah. We don't know their relationship dynamic. Like, they can talk as much as they like, but we don't know what's going on with them. So we're going to get into that later, but one thing we want to talk about is that polyamory is on the rise. Mm -hmm. So polyamory has always existed, but it is in the United States and Canada, um, it is is on the rise. So this is from the one of the sources I mentioned earlier. I think it is from the the second one by Amy C. Moores, Amanda N. uh, Gesselman, and Justin R. Garcia. They, uh, this is, they said they took their results, part of their results, not all of their results, they did their own research, but they mentioned data from the census, which says that one in six people desire to engage in polyamory, one in nine people have engaged in polyamory at some point in their life, one in 15 people said that they know somebody who has been or is currently engaged in polyamory, And among participants who are not personally interested in polyamory, one in seven indicated that they respect people who engage in polyamory. Mm -hmm. Because not only is there, like, a lot to talk about when it comes to consensual non-monogamy, but there's also a lot to talk about in terms of people's reactions. Because people can react very negatively. They can react positively. They can... And one thing that comes up a lot is how do these people have and raise children? Mm. And there are so many different ways to raise children. And what matters is that children are cared for and loved and provided with the resources that they need to grow. So that's kind of another, a whole nother situation that we're not really gonna get into, but that is a big factor when it comes to public perceptions of consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that about, I, th- I think that about covers the statistical side when it comes to um, consensual non-monogamy and how it's becoming more common in the United States and how it takes on many different forms and looks like many different things. So Anthony's going to tell us about his his experience with this. And I want you to, yeah, I just make sure you include age because I think you've told me this a bit of this story before and I think it's relevant. Yeah, so I'm going to try and be as detailed as possible without like exposing anybody. Like I'm not going to give no names, name drop or anything. But to give reference or to give context, I mean, this was in high school. This is in 10th grade. I don't I don't remember if I was 15 or 16, but I remember it was 10th grade. And I had, I remember I asked a young lady out and she agreed like to be my girlfriend and all that. But she mentioned like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm polyamorous. And I'm like, the heck is that? So the way I remember her describing it is that she says she has love for multiple people. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, that don't sound too bad. I don't sound like nothing crazy. And then <laughs> she mentioned that she's in a 
online relationship with two other people. And I'm like, mm, okay, all right, I'm, I'm hearing you, I'm, I'm hearing you out. So it was a young lady and a young man. And coincidentally, as I'll get to the end of this story, I'm still friends with the young lady, but she gave me the young lady's name, gave me the young man's name, and she told me that. Is it possible you could say like person A, person B, person C, because I'm already getting lost? So person A, girlfriend at the time, person B, the first person of part of the polyamorous relationship and person B, second person. So she was in an online relationship with how many other people? Just one? B and C. So two. Two. Okay. Okay. So. So including you, she was dating three people. Yes. Okay. So as the relationship went on, the relationship actually was until I was uh, with Janae for a year, the longest relationship I had been in. We were together for 10 months. And as time went on, I learned more and more that the situation wasn't for me. Because I don't know how PG or PG thirteen I should be, but she would say it's a certain, sex and love podcast. Yeah, but I don't know how graphic I should be. But she would say certain things to each, to person B and C that may have been sexual or with like "I love you." Like that phrase meant and still means a lot to me. And she would tell them that as well. And then she would also say like sexual things she'd want to do with them and like they also both lived out of state so she would say like she wanted to go see them and things of that nature and it it confused me because I one I didn't know what polyamorous relationship was before the situation but I'm very monogamous that I learned as I grew up that I'm very like one person I don't say certain things to anybody else but you I don't like show my body to anybody else but you and then you're not really following those guidelines for lack of better words and there was a big situation that ended up happening where I was trying to get more used to the situation before I ended up realizing like it wasn't for me and I asked him like hey can I reach out to the young lady or person B and like try to get acquainted with her so she agreed and we end up start talking and person A started to feel as though I valued person B more than her she felt as though I was trying to you actually gave a term for this. I was trying to have both of them as my girlfriend at the same time. That's interesting that she would get jealous when she's the one who suggested it. And with that situation, it was very, it's very odd because like you just mentioned, she's the one who presented the situation to me and I was trying to learn and everything. And this ended up being a situation like even past our relationship, like she would randomly, I remember she did this twice. She texted me on like New Year's, I think it was, and be like, hey, I just, it's still traumatic for me, but did you, I just want to see if you're lying, and I want to ask, did you value her in our relationship more than me? And I was, especially as like a 15 to 17 year old that age range, I'm like, one, we've been broken up for a minute. But like, <laughs> this is the second time you've messaged me about that, but two, my answer is not going to change. Like, I don't, and pieces of the situation are still like foggy because it's been so long, 10th grade, but, which, dang, that's crazy. But from what I remember, I remember telling her like, no, like, I'm not lying. I didn't value her more. And, like, that's not the type of guy I was trying to be and not the type of guy I am. And, like I mentioned earlier, I'm still friends with Person B. And we've still kept our relationship throughout um, throughout this time. But this is also, to give Elle a bit more context, I'm not going to go too much in detail because it's a bit of personal, like, kind of triggering for me. But this is the same person I was telling you about. Oh, with the, yeah, yep. okay, okay. So this is, oh, all, in wow. one, this okay. is all in one relationship. Wow. So was this your first relationship? It wasn't. This was, okay. like, maybe third. All right. I was going to say, if this were your first, that is a crazy way to be introduced to. Yeah. Love, but, it, okay, it wasn't. So. Um, 
it was it was a lot. And then also being a guy who ended up realized I was more monogamous, the guy that was a part of the polyamorous relationship, her telling him specific or person A telling person C specifically Thank like, you. oh, I want to do this to you or oh, uh, just things of that nature. It made it made me feel some type of way because I'm like, Ooh. you mean sexual things? Yes. Okay, because we talked earlier about using specific terminology, but I know when you're sharing a personal experience, it can be tricky. Yeah, and plus I don't want to be like, oh, she said she wanted to. Okay. So that's why <laughs> I'm. I know this is a sex and love podcast, but I don't want to. I'm pretty sure people don't want to hear that. So, um, yeah. So it did make me feel some type of way because person C was another guy, and I was feeling like, okay, well now you tell him same things you. You don't even you don't even tell me them type of stuff, but <laughs> all in all, because I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a bit uh, humorous, but also just tell the truth from my perspective that it just wasn't for me. I hope person A end up still being good with their lives, whether they chose to still be polyamorous or not, and with me still being cool with person B, it our relationship got stronger as strong as it could because she lives the young lady doesn't live in Michigan, but. I'm glad that I was still able to maintain that relationship. And then I don't know what happened to person C, but I wish all three of them the best. And it, it was interesting to have that experience so early in my life, like around like 15, yeah. 16. Like that's so crazy looking back on it. And yeah. So you mentioned something specifically about being a, a monogamous person, being a monogamous guy. And in one of the studies, it refers to like the impact of the monogamous ideal on polyamorous relationships. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the expectation that monogamy is the norm, it has a lot to do with why people can view polyamory in a negative light. And it's also, unfortunately, something that people will say when they get caught cheating. They're like, we're not meant to be monogamous. Like, okay, that's not what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about a betrayal of trust. This doesn't really have anything to do with what you said. Yeah. But not you being you, you no, being I, the, I the you. hypothetical person that I have just made up to get mad at. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, our, our expectation of monogamy does influence how we perceive polyamorous people. But like you said, you just it's not for you. You mm -hmm. don't have a problem with other people doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really care what other people do. Exactly. If you're not hurting anybody, you know, like and to, to each their own. The main thing you mentioned, like, if it's consensual, then it's all good. Because you mentioned, like, the difference in, like, cheating and open relationships. Mm -hmm. And just when it's acknowledged that, hey, we can both do our own things, that's another thing that kind of goes on in uh, this community where the guy wants to be polyamorous. but Or there's a term specifically when the guy has multiple girlfriends. The guy wants to be, but when the girl kind of, like, gets out there, it gets, like, a pushback. These are, these, what I'm about to say, these are anecdotal stories. Mm -hmm. So th if this isn't a trend, my apologies. But there are anecdotal stories of lots and lots of women, and men too, talking about how, like, their husband or they wanted to, op the man wanted to, in, in heterosexual relationships or marriages, the man wants to open the relationship because he wants to date other women. Mm -hmm. And then when the, when the woman in the relationship, she's the one that's getting the attention. And especially if he's not, they get pissed because they thought that they could just start sleeping with other women and that the, their wife wouldn't start sleeping with other men mm -hmm. and it was just going to be fine. And then that's not what happens. And then they regret it. But like I said, that's that's an anecdotal thing. And uh, one thing I do about your story that I, 
I really respect person A for is that she told you up front. Yeah. She wasn't like, it wasn't a secret. She was like, this is, this is what I like. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. And even with me, like, that's why I wanted to make sure that was one of the first things I pointed out because this wasn't something that, like you said, this wasn't a surprise. I wasn't shocked. I just had to learn what it was throughout time. And as I learned, it was one of the things where we both talked about, like, this just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And with a situation like that, I'm impressed on myself. I'm impressed on her end that she was very upfront about that type of thing instead of, like, trying to hide it. And then I'm impressed on myself that I was able to learn that it just it's not a situation that I was supposed to be in. But, yeah. I feel like I could do it. Really? I, honest to God, I've said this before, and people are surprised. or They're like, really? So, like, two things. One, the person I'm with now doesn't want to, so I would never cheat on him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But we don't know where life is going to take us. It might work out for us. It might not. So, but in the future, if I'm not with my current partner, if he's listening to this, honey, I'm sorry. But, we, like I said, we don't know where life is going to take us. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could do it. And I also feel like I don't know until I try. And when I say I could do it, I I honestly think I could, like, be in a relationship. I don't think I could be, like, a man has me, his his girlfriend, and then somebody else, and we're not, like, involved in any way. Mm -hmm. I think it would need to be fully equal where, like, I don't think I could do, like, seven people. That's that's too much for me. But, like, I feel like I could be in a throuple. I was just about to ask, so would it be a throuple or you having multiple partners, he having multiple partners? No. So throuple? I yeah I couldn't I don't think I could do an open relationship because mm-hmm. my the way that my brain works I'm always gonna be thinking about like who's he with what's she like this and this and or what's he like you know what I mean whereas if I know the person then it's there's less jealousy there's less worry for me mm-hmm. but as somebody who's attracted to both men and women I like I've I I could see that happening for me and this was an interesting statistic it was um find it because it was in there and I thought I copy and pasted it and if I didn't I'm going to be really sad <laughs> oh my gosh is it not in there well how devastating and th- this is an honest to god quote I promise this is real you guys it was talking about how um, non-monogamy is more common within the LGBTQ or just the queer community that's the phrase I prefer to use um, it is, and that doesn't mean that bisexual people or gay people are more likely to cheat on you, because that's not true. That's just a myth. That's something that people, a very negative stereotype. But non-monogamy is more common in the queer community, and that makes sense to me, because if you're already going outside of what is considered, I'm putting this in air quotes, guys, normal romantic or sexual behavior, mm-hmm. then it, it, it's like it's, it makes sense to me, like I said. Um, yes, but I, I could see myself being in a throuple because I have a lot of love to give. Mm-hmm. And I am not a super jealous person. I just, jealousy is very time consuming. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's just like, it seems like it, it's an ex- somebody who has been jealous. It's kind of an exhausting feeling. And it just leads to a lot of insecurity and self doubt. And it's just, it's not worth it. As somebody, like, I've, I've been jealous before and I just don't like it. I mean romantic jealousy. There's obviously different. There's like familial jealousy. If you're really ambitious, you could have professional jealousy. Mm-hmm. But romantic jealousy is very, it's just tiring. Yeah. So, so I don't think I could, I don't think I could not know the other person or not know the other partner. But if it's just like three people, I could totally do that. We'd have a blast. 
So to ask you a question on boundaries, what would be your boundaries in a situation like that if you were in a polyamorous relationship, if you would have any? That is such a good question because I was just talking to my therapist about this, actually. Not not specifically polyamory, but relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And one thing she said was that you should have rules, not just for your relationship, but rules for yourself. Mm. Like, ask yourself, what, what won't I do? Like, what... Like, could I date somebody whose family can't accept me? Could I date somebody who doesn't share my core values? That kind of stuff. So you have to set rules, not only in your relationships, but for yourself. And if I were in like a polygamous, or there we, there I go again with the terminology, a polyamorous relationship, I don't think I, like I couldn't be lied to. Mm-hmm. That would be a big thing for me. Like if you're seeing somebody else other than like like just yeah I, I couldn't be lied to that would be my boundary and I think another boundary of mine would be um oh I guess maybe that's only it wow. that's understandable. I guess it's just the one <laughs> I, I might think of more later who knows and like I've mentioned uh during throughout this podcast it the situation like that wouldn't be for me but let's just say I give it another chance that would be one of the main and probably only boundary as well to just have the communication as clear as possible so everybody knows what's going on as far as who's with who, who's saying what to whatever. And then I would also like to know the person as well. So like kind of be like a throuple situation. But yeah, I feel like with situations like these, when you're outside, outsider looking in and somebody in the situation, it's good to just one, be open to understanding these things and learning these things and doing your research if you have questions and if you're in the situation just talk to your partner or partners and see what's best for you all this for me is just one of those things where i think i would have to try it to fully know how i feel about it and Mm -hmm. if i tried it and i hated it then i tried it and i hated it and i can listen to this podcast and be like dang i was wrong (laughs) but i mean that's life yeah and if you want to move to our last uh, thing on the agenda, one of the last things on the agenda with the Smiths. Are they even, are their last name? Yeah, I guess they're still legally married, so the Smiths. Yeah, so Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, who have been together for a while. Well, I was, actually, they haven't. No, I mean, like, if you think of the start of their relationship. Oh, okay. There has recently been a lot of attention on Jada and Will because Jada published a memoir, and certain people and sources... Well, cherry-picked quotes and the most salacious parts of it to make into a story and to just kind of vilify her. So I said this earlier, but no matter how much the two of them talk about this, and boy, do they talk about it a lot, um, like on the Red Table Talk, this was a couple years ago after her, to use her own words, her entanglement with August, um, like there's an actual quote of the two of them saying, "Ride ride together, die together, bad marriage for life which is an insane statement. Mm. But no matter how much they talk about this, we don't know their relationship. We don't know what it's like to be them. Yeah, we don't know these people. And as much as they try to put their information to the public, it is their relationship. It's not our lives. It's not public to us directly. Like, we don't know them. We don't got their number. And I've seen, I didn't fact check it, but I've seen information saying, like, oh, Will has had his parts in being wrong, too. I think he's wrote his own book. He said, like, in certain aspects of the relationship, he treated Jada wrong as well. And then, obviously, Jada has gave information to 
I guess, expose themselves, not even just Will. And to keep my personal opinions aside, or most of my personal opinions, because I did, me and L made a joke uh, off mic saying, like, they should probably keep their mouth shut a bit. But... Yeah, it's... They're, like... I, I've, I think that a lot of celebrities who have very successful marriages mm-hmm. are keep mostly keep them out of the public eye. And that, I mean, that could also be why we think they're successful. Yeah. But like a lot of celebrities who are bar- who who are married don't talk about their relationship. Like I didn't know Andy Samberg was married for a really long time. Mm. Bruno Mars has been in a committed long-term relationship for 10 years. Really? Yes. See, perfect example. I did her not name know is that. Jessica, I think it's pronounced Calban is her last name. Mm-hmm. She's a supermodel. She's beautiful. They have a Rottweiler. I'm a Bruno Mars super fan. This is why I know this. Do you know the single cover for Locked Out of Heaven? With It's the woman's arms on her chest. That's her. That's Jessica. Really? Yes. He wrote When I Was Your Man about her when they were going through like a rough patch. So wait a minute. So what, what happened? How he flipped to smoking out the window? Like what happened? Who are you talking about? Well, he's had the same backup band for years. Mm. The, the, oh my gosh, if I forget them, I think it's the Hooligans. That's either his fan names or his backup because his first album is called Doo-Ops and Hooligans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's had the same backup band for m- most of the same people for a really long time. On the 24 Karat Magic Tour, he bought all of them gold Rolexes. That's pretty dope. I and was just... Smoking Out the Window is also with Anderson Pock. Mm-hmm. So he, pe- like, people take songs from different songwriters, from different inspirations in their life, from people in their circle. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who Smoking about, Out the Window is about. I guess that's a good point. It's a good point. And what I was saying about uh, Jada and Will is just to keep most of my um, personal opinions aside, end of the day, like they've both tried to mention, they're really committed to the fact that they want to stay married legally. And I'm pretty sure they've said that their relationship is open. And what I alluded to earlier when Elle was saying like they've been together for a minute, apparently they've been separated for a while. I think it was six years. You could fact check me on that if you want to check it real I quick. I saw that too. But like they've... Well, they, Jada uh, said that they haven't been together for a long time. So when the situation happened at the Oscars. The situation. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm going to just keep it like that. She was saying that she was surprised when he did that because they had been, like, they had announced or they knew that they weren't together. But Yeah, she said she was surprised to hear him refer to her as his wife. Yeah, and I think she ended up also saying, like, Will just wasn't comfortable announcing that yet, which is why, like, the public didn't know. But this is why. To bring it all full circle, communication is important. If you're going to be someone to put your relationship out there in the public, which me personally, I wouldn't want to do it. Like, to reference a different couple, like, I don't know if you're familiar with DDG, and I always say her first name wrong, Hallie, Haley Bailey, Hallie Bailey. It's Hallie. Yeah. Their relationship, it's, it's very unfortunate to see the hate he gets just for, like, being him. And then, like, the relationship is heavily criticized. So, quick lesson in journalism. (laughs) We just cut something out because Anthony was talking about another couple who's been in the public eye, which is Hallie Bailey and DDG. Um, We recently, is it DDG or DDG? Yes, like DDG. It stands for Daryl Dwayne Granberry Jr. Yes. Cool name. Um, They've been in the public eye because there are rumors that she is pregnant, and that's a lesson in journalism to me. Because I thought that that was confirmed. Yeah, and I also... My apologies. I was telling her a story um, 
it got cut out, but this will be reiterating it, that I saw a similar post that said they were married and expecting a baby, and it's so crazy with this lesson in journalism because two sources confirmed that. Like, it was a it was a source that claimed to do an interview with, uh, with her, and then another source confirmed that that was true, and it took for me finding a third source to third source to confirm that a situation happened where they took a, they misquoted her they took a quote from somebody else and put it in the interview with uh with Miss Bailey yes and- I saw that I saw that it was a yes it was I think it was uh, one of the women from Little Mix um, Lee Ann I think is her name I'm not familiar with uh, which and if you if you if you see which member of Little Mix it was you will see why they got confused racism but yeah they they, they got um, the two of them mixed up. Yeah, so that's that's a lesson in journalism. Definitely, that it's but that, that that's that's kind of the danger of keeping of of whether or not your relationship is in the public eye. And mm-hmm. when it comes to Will and Jada, they don't represent everybody who engages in consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. They don't represent everybody with an open relationship. They don't represent everybody with like a thruple kind of situation. And I think that they generate a lot of negative press. And I think that can fuel people's perception of everybody who engages in consensual non-monogamy. And I, I think that's really unfortunate. Yeah, because like you mentioned, when you put it in quotation marks, like the norm, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is monogamous relationship, one person, person A, person B. and Usually one man, one woman. I, was, I didn't uh, want to say that part, but just the truth is usually what's considered normal, one man, one woman, heterosexual, monogamy, etc., as time gone as time has gone on, it's important to be more open and to learn that that's not going to be everybody's experience. Like everybody is not going to like the gender they're supposed to like, and people are going to venture out to different things. And unless L has something uh, else to add to kind of um, go in our closing, the main thing that I want people to take away from this one, besides all the phenomenal research that L did throughout these two episodes, is thank you. Just just communicate as good as you can. Mm-hmm. Like whether if something isn't your cup of tea, if something is your cup of tea, even if you're in the middle of something, like still always communicate what's going on, how you're feeling. And it just leads to so much less stress, especially with what Elle mentioned about jealousy. Like it's, it's really not worth it at all. Jealousy is an exhaustive emotion. Negativity in general, I found, is just very exhausting, especially when you're supposed to be with a partner. And like, because at the end of the day, with I can go on like, it could be trust, uh, consent. At the end of the day, it all can be under the umbrella of communication. Mm-hmm. And there was off, uh, there was one one more thing. Um, tracking trends like this can be a little difficult because there is a sense of is this becoming more common or are people just talking about it more? Mm. Like there's a graph of left-handedness where, like being left-handed, it looked like it was becoming more common. It wasn't. People just weren't forced to be to write with their their right hand anymore, mm-hmm. and then it eventually leveled off. So stuff like this can be can be difficult to when we are not data scientists. I um, I was reading these these two uh, academic journals, and it was I mean I'm, I'm I, I consider myself fairly intelligent, but they were both a little difficult to understand. But I know that tracking trends in a sociological manner is difficult because like i said before it's the question of is this becoming more common or is it becoming more acceptable to admit mm-hmm. not really admit might not be the right word but accept maybe yeah to 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 say about yourself to say yes i am somebody who does x y and z mm-hmm. um but 
yeah, that's that sums up. This is oh, we finished our polyamory series. Yeah, I know. I'm excited that we've been able to do this like kind of like two part special because mm-hmm. you gave like a huge historical background of it, and then even in this episode gave more history on it. And the main point of this podcast, I know, L joked to my friends who are kind of guests in the room. Hi, Ariana and Kiana. But Hi. that. Like, we have haters now, and unfortunately, it was mainly <laughs> due to the design, but the point of this podcast is to educate as best as we can. Yes. Like, Elle mentioned, we're not data people, we're not doctors, and even as journalists, we make mistakes, and we try to, even if we edit some things out, to point out those mistakes and talk about how we're just people at the end of the day. We're two people on a microphone with headphones, and we're not officials of these type of con- uh, conversations and content. So... We're just trying our best to educate and talk about our own experiences and be as objective as possible, still showing personality and making the content as interesting as possible. And we want your feedback. Hit me up at lfrom at statenews.com, or no, mm-hmm. it's l.from, which is so sick. I love my last name. My email address is always in rhyme. <laughs> it's um, E-L-L-E dot from, is F as in Frank, R-O-M-M, at statenews.com, or yeah, like, let us know what you think. We want to hear your feedback because we want to know, like, what could we improve? What did you like? What topics would you want to see us talk about? Because that matters to us. It definitely does. And with that being said, we're always going to take a deep dive, but sometimes it's good to come up for air. This has been the Going Deeper Podcast. Bye, guys. <laughs>